Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Before we even get started with the podcast, I want to introduce something new to you. If you're tired of missing these live streams or missing videos, we have a new service where we can text you when we go live or launch a new video. All you got to do is text flash film to 74121. That's one word flash film to 74121. All right, let's get started. Pause for a second. I know you're in the middle of something dope, but I wanted to make sure I tell you about a course over at Flash Film Academy that changed the game for me. It literally took my business from attracting mostly low end clients to consistently landing and closing bigger clients with bigger budgets. It's called the five key steps for creating an effective portfolio that converts. If you're a photographer, videographer, editor, colorist, or graphic designer, it's very simple. This course teaches you how to take what your brand does well and present those things in a way that help the clients understand how your brand can solve their problems. When clients are trying to make a decision on why or even if they should work with you, Blasting them with your best video clips set to music won't cut it anymore. It doesn't set you apart, show value, or help buyers in the process of making a decision. This course teaches you how to create a commercial for your brand, providing a first impression that will help 10x your ability to land quality clients. Remember, if you can't effectively tell your story, clients won't hire you to effectively tell their story. Go to flashfilmacademy.com today to get started. Use promo code POD5, that's P-O-D-5, to save 15% off this course. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get this show on the road. Let's let's talk a little bit. Today, I want to talk about how to upsell your client with script writing. It's important that it is a part of your sales process, and it's important that it is a service that you offer. But what if I don't write scripts, Ty? Don't worry. We're going to talk about that. I got that covered. First, we're going to try to roll this intro, as they say in the hood, one more again. That's, that means one more time. Yeah. You're listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast. If you want to learn how to take pretty pictures, this is not the place. But if you're ready to make a living by learning the business behind the camera, buckle up. Because it's time to turn passion into profit with your host, Ty Turner. Now we cooking with Crisco. What's going on, guys? My name is Ty Turner. And if this is your first time on this channel, somehow you just happen to land on this bad boy somewhere, somehow you got to know that this channel is simply a channel for content creators that want to turn their passion into profit. We talk about the business side of content creation. If you want to learn how to add rims to your raggedy car via Photoshop, this is not the channel. However, if you want to learn how to get that bag so you can add rims in real life to your raggedy car, using your camera skills, your editing skills, your podcasting skills, your photography skills, this is the channel to do so. My name is Ty. Again, for the second time today, I am Black by Popular Demand, and today we're going to talk about some things you need to know in order to upsell your client. Real quick, let me put this on the screen because I get a bunch of messages. 
And that way I don't have to answer emails as soon as I get off. All right, guys, let's talk a little bit about it. Um, because scripts, script writing is a big deal when it comes to videos. And let me first throw out there that I don't allow clients to use bullet points. I don't allow clients to use bullet points. There's an asterisk to that, right? There's an asterisk to that. Unless they've paid for a second camera, right? Unless they pay for a second camera. And if you price the way I price based off tier-based pricing, I have a one-man setup and a two-man camera setup and a three-man and a four-man, depending on the shoot. Now, most shoots require a two-man crew if it's a talking head because it's usually, it's usually cameras and audio. So why only on a two-man shoot? Because if I got a cut while you're talking and blabbering, and usually when people talk on bullet points they never say the same thing twice if they're talking on a script i can edit it a whole lot easier because what they're saying is always the same if they're not saying the same thing twice i need a second camera to have a cut camera to cut to cut to now i'm not saying this is impossible with one camera i've done it a lot however if i don't have to i'm not going to do it it's difficult when you got somebody just rambling rambling and rambling and you have to cut it up and slice it up. It's a whole lot easier when you have a second angle to go to. Go to. So if you want to use bullet points and we have two cameras, go for it. If we're using a one camera setup, you need to have a script. You need to have a script. So we offer a service where we can write the script. And a lot of companies will have a script in mind, or at least they will have what they want said in mind. However, we still offer script writing so that we can make sure that what they're saying fits what's on video. Because a lot of people who don't have experience writing scripts will write, they will take some text that's meant for a book and they'll try to recite it. And you, you can't do that. You, you can't do that. There's a few reasons why. One is when you're using a more visual format, you don't need as much detail. You can say less, a whole lot less. And I found myself sitting there filming companies that said a bunch of stuff that we really just showed in B-roll in two seconds. So it's not a good look. And you want to make sure that clients, I'm just my eye. You want to make sure that clients aren't reciting um, text that they written for other formats. A big problem I had when I used to work for TGI Fridays is our scripts will come directly from their training manuals. And it was like, yo, you don't have to say all of that. We're showing it. You know, you don't you can point out certain things, but we don't have to go down every single detail. We can show that information on the screen and actually show it so you can cut 40 percent of the video or you can make it 40 percent shorter simply by showing stuff instead of just telling stuff as if they don't have. The, you know, they don't have an image or video in front of them. It'll be things like as seen on the picture to your right. Grab the spoon with the green handle and dip it in the sugar and like, yo, we can just, we can show that we can just say green handle spoon for sugar. Boom. Red handle spoon for pepper. Boom. We can show that we don't have to tell it. So it's very important. Um, then it's very important when you go that route. Media Smiths, they set up, look different. We changing it up. We're getting ready. We, 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 we finishing up the filming for the master course. So we got to go ahead and switch it up a little bit. Um, so, you know, we, we're doing our thing, you know, got to make sure that's popping. 
Real quick, I want to make sure, because we got a bunch of graphics by my guy, Parker. Big shout out to Parker. If you guys need graphics or any type of graphics, that's not the graphic I'm looking for. Um, I, Here we go. If you guys need graphics, logo design, or anything, he is our he, he is one of our sponsors. Um, Great guy to work with, doing all the graphics for the channel. So I want to make sure I give him a shout out. So in case guys need any type of graphics, from logos to graphics for your website to business cards, that's the website. Make sure you definitely check it out. Let me spell it out for those that are listening on the podcast. P-A-R-K-E-R-T-E-R. What is that? Uh, I can't see my screen. Little. Oh, T-E-R-F-E-H-E-R.com. Make sure you go to that website. He can definitely hook you up, take care of you with, with graphics for the right price. All right. Um, also, if you're watching this and you don't want to miss any more lives, we also have a new service where we can text you when we go live. All you got to do is text flash film to seven, four, one, two, one flash film to seven, four, one, two, one. It's important that I get that out there. Cause I get a lot of people who are like, man, I miss lives. I don't, I don't know. I didn't get no notification. I'm a gold member, everything. And they don't get a chance to see it. So this is a way I can make sure everybody's informed because I can't always rely on YouTube and I don't want you guys to miss out, especially if you're a gold member and you're, you're paying to get certain stuff. I just want to make sure you get it, fam. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, you know, make sure you don't. All right. We still got the great courses and contracts we've always had over on Flash Film Academy. And there you go. All right. So let's get back to it. Um, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, how to upsell it when you are in the sales process. Um, let me see something. If I'm just getting, let me, let me answer this question. If I'm just getting started in business, I know I can't be the cheap guy, but what do I base my daily rate off of? Um, so you're going to, you're going to base it off usually. So I look at a few things like your location. Um, what is, what is your, what is your day rate? What do you want for your day rate? Now I'm not going to go into too much detail. Um, because, because it's, the subject is a little different for the video. Um, and I'll, and I'll keep that in mind for another video, but you got to look at your day rate. I do a different pay structure or a different pricing structure than other photographers or videographers. Like I, I was on Instagram and somebody was selling a price calculator and he was entering how much he paid for his camera, $2,000 camera. And I'm using a, a $2,000 slider and I don't do all of that. I don't like, you know, when you go to McDonald's and they calculate your burger, they're not saying we cooked it on the $10,000 grill. And no, they're not. They're trying to provide the best price they can for that product based off the value of that product. And they're not trying to penalize you for purchasing decisions that they have made. A smart business will buy what it needs to get the job done and not buy a bunch of crazy, luxurious crap and then make you pay for it. So to speak, like it, that, you know, it's a gray area there. You're paying for their stuff, but the fact that you decided to go and get a A7S3 tomorrow or just find you a used A7S2, there should be, there should be, that should take an account inside of your price, but you shouldn't be penalizing a client based off of it. So I don't do camera packages. I bring the best available camera package I have and I go from there. I don't I don't charge clients, 
you know, for, for this package and we use that lens. I, I just don't do that. That's just, that is, to me, this is my opinion. This is These views and opinions are strictly those of Ty Turner with Flash Film Academy. To me, that's an old way of doing business. It's an old method, right? It's the equivalent of getting a cell phone and you're signing a two-year contract and you're getting a free phone. Like, yeah, it worked for a long time, but today things are a little different. Um, and there's a lot of people who are still stuck into that because that's all they know. And that's fine. But I don't do mine like that. I'm, I'm like the T-Mobile of the game. My stuff's a little different. Um, so with tier-based pricing, um, or, or I guess you can say uh, with base pricing, it's, it's a time thing. We're going to bring everything we can bring for as, as much time as we need to do the job. And, and once you get good at what you're doing or have experience, you'll know how long it takes you. And then the client has a clear understanding. They can predict what, what the cost would be if they add something or go over. And what a lot of people don't understand or a lot of people feel is I don't want to miss out if the client's budget is 50,000 and I only quote them two. Trust me, if you offer enough a la carte items and you have a tier based pricing system, um, in a, in a, in a base pricing system, that client's going to max that budget out themselves. They're not trying to, if they want it done right, if you sell value, right, they're not trying to get it done the cheapest way possible. They're trying to get it done the best way possible. And if you have the, if they have the money, they're going to spend it. Nobody who wanted to buy high end luxury went into a Lamborghini dealership looking for a deal. They wanted the best of the best. So, I use I teach you how to build a business to to be that that luxury based company to be that high end Mercedes so that when you attract clients who want the best of the best they spend the best of the best with you so you know it's something to think about well if someone wants an Area Alexa versus a Canon ADD you better expect me to ch- to charge more correct so you'll have your base camera which is whatever camera you prefer to work on. Like, let's say your base camera is an Airy Alexa. Your base price will already be high enough to include that. But let's say you get a client that say, hey, we, we want something different. We want this, that, and the other. And you, you are, I'm going to be honest with you, you're not going to get a lot of clients that want a camera different than yours. You're not. You get some production houses that may contact you and say, hey, we're shooting a commercial Instead of flying some guys out to your area, can you cover this shoot for us? Can you go shoot this interview for us? Can you go film this B-roll? We're shooting on cannons. Do you have a cannon available? No, I don't have a cannon available, but I can rent one. Or, yeah, I got a cannon available in the back of my mind. I know I have a relationship with my rental house, and I can go grab one. Then I can, I can push that charge onto that client. But usually it's a production house or some sort of client that's already gathering footage. Nobody steps in the door who haven't shot anything and said, we want this shot on a whatever, unless it's something like a red, unless it's for broadcast purposes. But rarely do you get a client step. Listen, I've shot stuff. I've shot stuff on a 6,500 that showed up on TV. I've shot stuff on a 6,500 that was, that was broadcasted um nationally before so you know what i'm saying like it's not like clients are not going to 
work with you because of a certain camera type. If they request that camera type, fine. Then you're going to pay for it. But usually it's to match footage. I've had big, huge shoots where we showed up with FS5s. Nobody cared that we didn't have the FS7. Nobody didn't care if we didn't have the Venice. They didn't care. It was rigged up, ready to go. We shot it. It 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 was on TV everywhere. Nobody cared. I'll give you an example. We did a um a shoot for um it was TV one. They were doing a special on uh on Kirk Franklin, um, the gospel singer. And, you know, he's from this area. He had a great friend in this area. And they were shooting on on FS sevens and wanted someone to capture an interview here in a, in a you know with a Sony camera. We used the uh FS5, we used two FS5s um to capture the footage. Use another A what was it? A7R3 to capture some B-roll. They didn't care. It showed on TV1 nationally. So clients unless they're asking to match footage with you, they don't care. They don't care. I've actually shot um with mismatched cameras, I've had a company say, hey, we're shooting on Canon. You know, can you shoot some B-roll? And they didn't even ask me the type of camera I shot it in. I was like, I got can- Sony's, is that fine? It was like, yeah, shoot it in S-Log3. Cool. Sent it, delivered it, perfect. That's right. Shiver Paul said, my clients never know or care what camera I use. Most don't, unless they need to match footage, unless they have a specific use for it. And trust me, listen, I want to tell you this. If a client ever asks about what type of camera you're using, or if they, I'm not going to say if they ever ask about what type of camera, if they ever request a certain camera type, that is a clear indicator that it's going to be a big budget shoot. So, so put that in your pipe, put that in your pipe and smoke it. (laughs) Let me put my, uh, let me put my graphic up here. Boom. If a client ever asks for a specific type of camera, that is your clear indicator that it is a big budget shoot. Hey, we need uh we need C three hundreds on this shoot. Cool. I know now to bust out the big boy pricing sheet for you. <laughs> the base prices just went up, so that's something to keep in mind. Um, and that's just a little tidbit on, um, on you know, just keeping an eye out for that. So let me make sure I add that gym alert. That's right. So let me go back to script writing. All right. So and a lot of people are like, well, where do I get script writing? I personally, I have a script writer that I work with on Fiverr that is fairly inexpensive. I think like, um, in fact, let me pull up their exact pricing because I want to make sure I got it right. Because I was told that they may have updated pricing since, um, since the last time I used them. I use... Let's see. Script writing. Here we go. So the script writer that I use um, usually do. They're about $50. Let me see if it go if it went up anymore. Let me double check real quick. So I want to make sure I have it posted um, on my website. And I want to make sure I have it posted What I'll do is I'll post it in the description as as well because I usually go with um, 
So the maximum amount is $160. And that's a two-minute script, right? So let me just give you an example of why that's like why that's important. $160 for a two-minute script. A script I'd usually charge $850 or $1,000 for. Bare minimum $500 for a two-minute video. Let me let me let me say that again. Bare minimum five hundred dollars for script writing. Bare minimum, usually close to a thousand, especially for like a five minute video. You're looking at about a thousand dollars. Now, mind you, your cost is one hundred and sixty dollars. Why is there such a big price difference, Ty? One, because you're a business and you're. you're it's normal to have profit margins that are like that. Um, one is like that. Give me a second, J Payne. Can you share your actual invoice showing professional fees? Um, so, yes. So we're getting ready to launch the master course or which is the name of it is different. But we have a complete breakdown in that course where we go over everything. Um, and there's reasons why it's on that course and not public. And it's not just a sales reason. Uh, there's some other reasons. But um, so usually what I do is I charge that fee for two reasons. One, because Profit margins are should be three to four times what you make on anything. Two, if for some reason the if some reason that the if it's some reason that the person I'm writing the script for don't like the script, I have some room for error. I can go with different writers. If they don't like the style, I can go with different writers. So instead of waiting on writer A through Fiverr to get canceled and get my money back and I can I can start the process of somewhere else. The great thing about Fiverr is I can cancel it and say, hey, this writer wasn't capable of doing what we needed. We just want a refund. But in the meantime, I can get it going. Now, the great thing about working with the same writer over and over again is you know what questions they're going to ask in order to write. Like what keywords, like some writers say, well, what keywords do you want to focus on? Who's the target audience? I have that information and I have that information um, saved and put to the side so that I can send it to my client and they can fill it out. And I'm really just transferring it to the middleman. My client believes that they're working with me, which they are. I'm just outsourcing this work to Fiverr. And, I, and I'll even add in the extra cost for rush delivery just to get it going. So that's something that, uh, that's something that, you know, you kind of keep in mind. So, and that's something that the client will, the client will communicate with me via email, right? With this portion, we send out a form, the client fills the form out. We get, we take that information from the form and then we send that to the, to the guy that's on Fiverr. Um, and, and that's, and the guy that's on Fiverr communicate with me and I communicate with the client. And usually I'll do some type of rush delivery. So even with, with this particular one, I think rush delivery um, it's probably an extra like $20 or something. Let me just take a look at, I forgot what it, uh, extra day delivery is $50. So I'm looking at two two twenty for a two minute video, um, with $50 rush delivery. Um, so you can even like, there's an extra $50 fee where, uh, the seller will include visual description that will appear alongside dialogue. Or you can have the seller twenty dollars to competitor. They'll do competitor research. So these are things that you can add on top that make you look a whole lot better. And then you would get the information they send. You can recopy it, or if it's not branded, you can send it directly to your client. But it is a way to uh, definitely 
upsell your client and provide a great service and still make a decent profit profit uh, decent profit on that on that product. What if that's a great question? What if the client say, "I've heard Fiverr does it; it's cheaper, even though they don't know you're using them." You know, tell them it's a gamble. You don't know what you're getting with each with each writer. You don't know what you're getting. However, here we can write it, and and I mean it's true because I've the the writer that I work with, I know exactly what I'm getting from that writer, right? I know exactly what I'm getting from that writer. The skill set of that writer has been proven over and over again, and they're guys that I've I have a relationship with. So, and you got to realize too, because this writer see me so much, they'll do anything to continue to make sure I'm a happy client because I spend so much money with them. They're like, anything you need, Ty. Sure, Ty. Hey, Ty, we, 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 we knocked yours out first, Ty. Because I'm doing, you know, on a busy season, I'm doing five and six of these with this, with this writer. So I could be on a good month, 40, 30% of their clients can come from me. So when you develop that relationship, they're going to do everything they can to make sure it's top notch. Plus they'll get an idea of your level of quality of what you're looking for, your style. And they will, you don't have to correct them on little stuff. Hey man, I really don't want to talk like this. Hey, I really want to. And they'll know who you are well enough to provide what you're looking for. It's kind of like working with an editor, right? When you work with an editor and they edit your video and you're like, uh, I really don't like this. I really like that. Once they get to work with you three or four times, they know what you like and they can just pump it out. So that's how you can oversell over Fiverr. Hey, you don't know what you're getting on, you know, on Fiverr. You're right. You probably can get a script written on Fiverr, but you don't know who's writing it. You don't know what they're lo- where they're located at. You don't know if English is their first language. You don't know if they can write a script to help sell. You don't know if they can write the right script to help communicate here. We can do it for you and include it in your price. So that's how I would, that's how I, I usually package it. Um, so do you go over this with your master course? Yes, I do go over the master course. It's not available. Pre-orders will start um, mid November and it'll launch cyber Monday. It's always cheaper to make your own burger, but it sure isn't convenient. Facts. And then you got to look at it like this. So one other thing I want to touch on is really important. One other thing I want to touch on is this. Just because you can write a paragraph or you can write what needs what you think needs to be said doesn't mean you can write a script. Right. Screenwriters take books from some of the best authors in the world, like Stephen King, and they write scripts from it because it's completely different. What's created for the screen is different than what you would read or what the average person would say. There are things that happen in movies that don't happen in real life that make sense on movies that don't make sense in real life. Right. Here's an example. Have you ever watched a movie and a character has his back turned to the person, but they're still talking? Oh, John, I don't know. You've never done that in your life. You've never had a conversation with somebody and your back is turned and you just look and said. I don't know what we're going to do about this. They don't work like that. However, in a movie, it makes total sense. So there are things that happen on script that don't happen in real life, in real writing, in real situations. However, a good script writer can help you write a script 
that is sales-based or help you communicate something within a short period of time that has a strong call to action that will engage your audience and they fully understand what the purpose of every word is that's being said. Uh, and that's something that you have to portray to your client. You know, you have to portray that, that we're going to write a script built for your target audience that will achieve the, the most, the, the emotion and feel you're looking to achieve by the end of your script. That's what we do. And if your brand is about, remember I tell you pick a niche. If your brand works with nothing but dentists creating onboard videos, a script should be something you shouldn't have a problem selling because you've already approached that client as the subject matter expert. They realize this is what you do. You do it well. And they'll sit there and be like, man, you're right. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna let y'all just, I'm gonna let y'all write the script and just do it. Cause I, you know, I just want to make sure. Cause usually they're going to have an assistant. They're going to have somebody at the front desk trying to type it up and, you know, and do it. So, and that's, let me tell y'all that, that little thing I showed y'all is, is a way that you can pitch this to your client. Hey client, you know, there are things that happen on TV that don't happen in real life that look normal. So, you know, just placement sometimes was last time you, you had a conversation with somebody and instead of y'all looking at each other, y'all looking this way, but talking, Hey buddy, you're right. This TV, this placement is all TV placement in real life. Y'all going to be tired towards each other and y'all going to be having a direct conversation. Only in TV do you do things like that. Only in TV are you you're holding a, a, a Red Bull like this and drinking it. This is Red Bull. You don't you grab the whole thing. You don't care. You know what I'm saying? In real life, you don't do it like that. So you got to understand that there are things that happen on TV for the purpose of TV, and the average consumer don't fully notice it. They don't notice that everybody's holding the Snickers like this. And when they pull the wrapper off, it come off in one quick swoop. And the Snicker bar is usually perfect under there. And then they bite it and they're just like, oh, my God. So those are things that you have to. And those are little jokes and things that I play around with when it comes to clients and customers. And I'm talking about like, yeah, that's TV. You know, those are things that, that that's why I'm the professional. And, you know, you're the consumer. Um, but you don't say it like that, but you're, you know, you want to kind of ensue that, Hey, these are things that we do. We do well. Um, and that's why we, you know, that's why we're successful at what we do. Um, just like a doctor will tell you, you know, just like anybody in the military, you'll see a movie on, on and you're watching the military and it'll be a whole war scene. Right. And you'll see guys that just get shot. And they're like, Oh, and somebody in the military who been in combat, like it don't happen like that. It, it don't, it looks nothing like this, but in movies, it's okay for somebody to just clutch their chest. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll give you an example. Um, I'll give you an example. Being in the military, watching tons of movies. And this is, this is just crazy. Watching tons of movies. I've seen people throw grenades, you know, just throw, one, you're never going to pull a grenade pin out with your teeth. It's not going to happen. I've seen people throw them and they'll be like, boom, when a grenade go off in real life, it is mind blowing. It is like, wow. Like it sounds like buildings are falling. It's not that little, you know, on TV, they just blow up dirt. Like, Oh, grenade. No, a grenade sounds like, it sounds like it's, it's ridiculous. It, it sounds like somebody punched you in your chest from 30 feet. It sounds like a bass drum 
next to your ear from 30, 40, 50 feet away. It's not like TV where it's just like, pow, here's another grenade, pow. No, it's not like that. It is ridiculous. Anybody in the military who's thrown a grenade is, understands it. So those are things that if you're the, if you're the subject, and, this, and listen, uh, what helps this a lot is if you live in your niche and you're the subject matter expert. It's easier to sell these a la carte items, which will appear on your, your invoice, on your proposal that a client can click on. Remember, you're going to do base price. You want them to click on things and have the ability to say, yes, we will have a makeup artist. Yes, we do want a drone establishing shot. Yes, we do want a teleprompter. Yes, we do want a third shot for sliders or whatever. Yes, we do want script writing. Yes, we do want to storyboard it before. Yes, we do want a, a, virtu- a, a vertical uh, Instagram story version. Those are things that are going to add up and you allow your client to maximize their budget. When you're dealing with corporate people or people in corporate America, they're not spending their money. They're spending someone else's. And if somebody say, hey, your budget is 30000 in their mind, they're going to spend any part of that 30000 to make sure that they provide their boss with the right content so that they're not like what they're not like what what is this imagine if imagine if you know somebody provided trash content and saved money like well we only paid like the same what we need though i gave you thirty thousand to get it done right so you bring me back something that's fifteen thousand that's not done right how are you helping me Spend the whole 30000 and get it done right. I've already, we've already flushed this money down the toilet. We've already accounted for it. We've already determined the return on investment based off this amount. Why would you spend less? Like, why are you trying to cut corners to bring me less quality? Give me maximum quality. So when you're dealing, and that's something that you have to get out of your head when you're dealing with people, because it changes when you deal with companies. Companies don't care about the budget. If they have it, you know, allocate it for this, they will maximize it. And if you can give them a reason to go back to the boss and say, Hey boss, I know you only gave us 50 grand, but we really think the 70 grand is the right amount to get blah, blah, blah. Then you're, you're cooking with Crisco. Now you're doing it, but it takes value to do that. It takes, it takes being a subject matter expert who can sit down with a client and say, listen, this is what it's going to take to get that. If you don't have that, it's difficult to do. If you're just selling image quality and we're video guys and we know how to shoot video, it's not going to happen. That's why I preach niche. Um, let me, let me, somebody said, uh, that's a real question. Was last time you, uh, ripped open a candy bar and pulled it out in perfect shape. It's been a long time. So, um, how would you go about pricing? For, oh man, it, it, how would you go about pricing for a client who wants you to script and shoot all of their YouTube vid- interview videos? So my normal pricing would be pretty pretty expensive over the long run. So I do subscription based pricing. Um, and if you go to our website, we have a contract um, that that has subscription based pricing in it, so that you can charge the client on an ongoing rate for a discounted price. And you have a contract that's so they don't just rip you off. They won't they won't just take 50% off the first one and then never call you back. The contract kind of stipulates, you know, we're gonna do a video for you every week or every month for this amount of time for this amount. Now, if they don't stick to that contract, then they owe you more. 
So, you know, I'm going to give you a 20% off every video. But if you break this contract, then you owe me that 20% from every video. So things like that to protect yourself. You never want to get in a situation where you're promised more work and they never call you. No, if you really want to get more work, we're going to give you the discount, but we're going to sign this contract. So you can kind of do it like that. Contracts are extremely important when you're doing ongoing work. They're extremely, they're extremely important for a one-time shot. They're extremely important to shoot for free. But when you're doing ongoing work, never do it without a contract. Never, don't ever fall for the, I'm going to hook you up, man. We're going to do more. I'm going to work with you some more. So hook me up. I don't deal with that. That's a no-go, bro. It's not happening for me. I got burned too many times on that. I don't care who it is. When this blow up, man, I'm going to come back. I'm going to pay. No, no. So something to think about. When you have your day rate, is there a set number of hours you work for each day? So I don't do day rate. I, I do base price um, plus hourly. So my let's say, for instance, for easy numbers, my base price, my first hour to show up will be $1,000. That's with all my gear and everything. That's one person. And then I'll do $200 for each additional hour. So off the top of my head, I know if you're doing a talking head shoot, I know if we do four hours, the first hour is 1000 the second is 250, the third is 250, or let's say the second is 200, the third is 200, the fourth is 200. So guess what? That's a $1,600 shoot for four hours. That does not include editing. My editing is usually priced the same way. If you want a two-minute video, the first minute is the base price. The first minute will be $500. Each additional minute will be $100. So that's $600 for editing. So instantly, I know, I know that your video right? It's going to be 1600 plus 600. I know what the price of your video is instantly without even thinking about it. So when I provide a proposal and I break it down, it all makes sense to the client. And a client may say, well, we need you to come out Tuesday and Thursday. Cool. Base rate Tuesday plus them hours Thursday. Base rate Thursday plus them hours. They know what it is. I don't have to explain it, negotiate it, eyeball it. I don't have to worry about this client coming back to me six months later for another shoot. And I give them a price and they like, well, how come you didn't charge? Well, the first time you quoted us this. The first, remember that video you did for us last year? The price on that was this. Like how you get to that price and now you get to this price. That's the worst place you want to be with a client because instantly you lose trust. Or they lose trust in you and then they start to shop your price and go other places. So it's something that you definitely think about. Do you charge a deposit on base rate um, or is that total estimate cost? So I don't do deposits no more. We do non-refundable retainers. We also have that, um, which is in a, um, we have a non-refundable retainer on the website. Non-refundable retainers is the way to go. We do not do deposits anymore. And I'm going to go into a brief Answer as to why, because deposit, deposits are refundable. Non-refundable retainers are not. If I block off the 25th and for whatever happens, we don't shoot. That money is mine because I was not able to get new business on the 25th because of your project. Now we can say, okay, now it's up to you know me or the non-refundable retainer to say how many times you can change it, why you can change that date, what needs to happen. But, um, I'm not going to lose money when people calling me to work on the 25th because you decided at the last minute you didn't want to do business. That half 50 percent is mine. And that comes from me quoting. I think this is going to be about a four hour job. So I'm the non-refundable retainer will be 50 percent of what that will cost for four hours. I need that up front. I need that. Let's go. 
when you don't get deposits or I'm, I'm sorry, when you don't get non-refundable retainers from clients, they won't stick to the plan most of the time. I've had clients that wanted to call me on a Wednesday to book me for Saturday and didn't want to pay a non-refundable retainer. Hell to the no. Because you're not going to hold up my Saturday and then call me 10 minutes before the shoot. Like, you know what? You know, uh, I ain't, I ran out of coffee, so I ain't really woke. So let's can we move it to tomorrow? No. If it costs them to move it, they won't move it. They'll get their ass up. And I just want to be real with you. They're going to get up and do it. So it will. It, that money holds them accountable. It's kind of like bail. It holds them accountable. And you need that so they aren't moving your dates around so that they'll respect your time because you are a busy production company with other clients. The world don't revolve around that client. So you money makes people straighten up quick. It makes that's why they find NFL players and find you with tickets and find you with fees. It makes you pay attention and focus quick. Non-refundable retainers, keep your clients in line. And it's something you need to not be afraid to put out there and say, this is what we're doing. That's why contracts are so important. This is what we're doing. See you Thursday. Cause I don't want to have somebody like, Oh, can we, uh, man, you know, I, I totally forgot about it. What about, uh, next? I don't know. No, no. If it's not a natural disaster or an emergency, no. So, um, do the same thing, but I call it a non-refundable deposit. Don't do that. A deposit. A, no, don't, don't call it a deposit. Take deposits off everything. Uh, does, does retainers include editing? Yes. Take deposits off everything. A deposit is to hold you to do a service, right? A retainer is to retain you for that date. So with a deposit, even if it's non-refundable, if you don't do the service, you don't get paid. So if that client cancels on that date, they can take you to court and get that deposit back because you rendered no service. A retainer retains you for that date. Once that date come, you get paid. You're paid for being available for them on that date. Period. You've done your job. There is no money back. Don't call it a don't call it a um, deposit. That is something that a lot of we've seen a lot of court cases and things happen with photographers and videographers over the last two or three years. And lawyers have been able to finagle their way through anything that's called a deposit. A non-refundable deposit is a it's an oxymoron. It's kind of a you know what I'm saying? So don't do that. You need a non-refundable retainer. I just that's why lawyers don't do it. You know, lawyers don't ask for deposits. They ask for retainers. Follow their lead. They're not saying, give me a deposit. No. If, I can, if you're guilty, you get to keep it. No. No. Retainers. So what percentage should you charge for rush fees? It depends. We're talking about rush fees on video, photo. Um, usually 10%. That's the same fee I charge if a payment is late as well. 10%. Something to think about. If people aren't making payments on time, that price go up. And it go up a lot. It's a steep hill because if i go to court i'm not going to court for 200 dollars. i'm going to court for for ten thousand plus legal fees so you want to make it where people can pay quick and be like all right look you're right let's get out of here let's we don't want to do that we don't want them problems be sometimes having the right contract like 
you want to make sure you have your contracts and certain things in place to prevent someone from going wrong. You know, cameras don't stop crimes. They prevent crimes, right? They, they capture it and people are like, oh, I don't want to be caught on tape stealing. You know, sometimes people install fake cameras just so you can look up and be like, you know what? Yeah, it's not a good look. That is what your contract do. When people see all of that and they look at it, they're like, whoa, this mug's solid. Okay, let me make sure I pay this on time. I don't want no problems because he got his stuff together. It's a deterrent. In business, deterrents are your best friend, especially when it comes to getting your money. That's why I use um, revision payments. In my contract, it states how many revisions you get. After that, it's going to cost you. Why? Because clients will make revisions for the hell of it. What if my shirt was blue? What if it was a little bit lighter? What if the sky was... Listen, I, bro, let me... They'll have you change stuff just so they can see it instead of imagining what it'll look like. Man, hey, let's do. Let's make the shirt blue, bro. That'd take me four hours to do. Just so you can see what it looked like? You know what a blue shirt looked like, bro? Like, what am I going to spend four hours of my labor away from my kids and family working on your project just so you can see what a blue shirt looked like? But I guarantee you, if you like, sure, that's going to be $4.99 extra. Oh, you know, don't worry about it. You know, I can just see, you know, it's green, so I'm sure it'll look similar. You know what I'm saying? We don't really need a blue. I guarantee you it always happens that way. So you need to have a limit on your revisions because your time is money. Your label, your labor, not label, but your labor is valuable. You may not think about what it costs you in your head to go spend an hour to edit somebody's video, but you need to account for that. As a business owner, you need to put a price on what your labor is worth and make sure you're getting that money and you're making a profit off of your labor. Your business should make a profit off your labor because right now you're working in a position while you're working on a position. So let me break that down and let me get the gym alert for you. The goal is not to work in your business. The goal is to work on your business, to build your business and grow your business. Now, in an effort to grow your business, you may have to work a position in your company. Henry Ford was swinging hammers until he was able to afford to put somebody in that place to swing that hammer. And then he moved to the next thing. That is what you should be doing in your business. If you're growing this company to be greater than, than you are, you are a photographer right now, but at some point you're going to be the guy that just sells and be the director. So you need to work as a photographer so you can build it and then you can hire a photographer. And now you're the director. You're sitting back as the director and you work that until you can hire somebody to be the director. And now you're just in the head office. And then you move up to the point where you are just walking in as the CEO to see what's going on. All right. Everything's running. My money coming in. Cool. I'm about to go play some golf piece. So you should be building your brand. You should be working on your company not just working in your company. Don't create another job for yourself. Create a business that continues to pay bills long after you're able to lug that camera on set. That's how you should be thinking about your business. E-myth, the e-myth, that is correct, Donald Gray. So that's something, that's something you should definitely think about. How much did you charge per revision? Is there still a limit on revisions even if they're paying? There's not a limit on how much money they want to spend. Go to a club and, and and go to an adult club and see if they ever ask you to stop throwing dollars on stage. Nope. You can get all the revisions you want because it's a complete payday for me. 
if I'm charging $150 a revision or I'm charging you an hourly rate, I will make changes until the cows come home because I am making a massive amount of profit on these revisions. Until until dancers start kicking money off stage, I will stop. I won't stop charging for revisions. And I'm just being real with you. Um, so it, it's just you know you can go on Walmart and buy as much stuff as you want. They will never stop you from buying stuff unless they have some type of sale and it's two per customer or something like that. But I am down to do revisions forever. Um, however, in my contract, it states how many revisions you get for free, and my contract will also state. When we, when, you know, this is our time limit to complete the final video in that time limit. I got your two revisions. If it goes over those two revisions, we're pushing that time limit back. We're pushing that time limit back. That's important that you know that. So we may not be able to make your, your deadline if you keep getting revisions. So I advise you to really look at the video and make all of your final changes. There's another thing in my contract. You can't go back on revisions. Like, like, and I've had clients say, okay, uh, we like all of the clips. We just want to add the title at the end. Cool. I go do it. The next revision is, um, you know, we just want to add a title at the beginning. Cool. Your two revisions is up, right? That's two revisions. The third revision, they're like, oh man, this clip that come on second with the clown. We really don't like that clip. Can we take that out? That's a whole new revision. So usually in the free revisions, if we were in the free revisions, like if we were in this revision two, and to do that, I'm charging for that. Even if you're within your free revisions, we're going back. That's we've already we've already completed that in the first one. That's a whole different thing. That's not in the free revisions. A free revision, you've seen it, you like the clips, we added color, audio, you asked for a title at the end. Cool. If you're asking me to go redo something that you've approved. We're about to go down the pay scale. We're about to go towards the pay structure. So those are things that it's important that you understand or you will get wore out by clients that are just bored. And you got somebody who needs to turn this project into his boss. And he's not he's so worried about what his boss is going to think. And he want to change all this stuff and do all of this stuff. You know, what if we did, man, what if I. He will run you crazy because he's scared of his boss. I've had projects like that. And the boss get it and be like, I like the first version. Actually, what y'all do all these extra versions for? This is why I was a week late. I like the first one. And we sitting there like, man, what y'all scared of this dude? Just go talk to him. So it's it's it happens. Let's see. Uh, sorry for Mr. Answer. Have you had someone refuse editing if so do you just pass off the footage yes i've had clients that just want footage like i've I've shot for a lot of clients that have um in-house editors and they may have um locations that are out near me but they have a main corporate office somewhere else and they just want footage not a problem they're not getting raw footage they will get footage though they're not getting raw footage in those cases, I usually shoot it in the highest quality possible on my camera, whether that be RAW, ProRes HQ, whatever. I will deliver ProRes LT to them. I will never deliver um, the actual um, RAW files. Here's another trick, just FYI. You can, if you have to deliver, 
let's say your camera only shoots MP4. It is what it is. You're shooting internal. It is what it is. You need them delivered, right? I rename the files. I rename the files so that the, and the metadata, all metadata and files on the file to Flashfilm Media 001, Flashfilm Media 002, all the metadata. Because if you ever have to go to court and fight for that footage, my files have the metadata, your files do not. My files have the metadata, your files do not. I have the originals, you do not. So it's a way, it's another way um, you can... It's another way you can you can save or protect yourself. There are some things coming as far as cease and desist to help you protect yourself coming in the near future. How much do I charge for a camera? That depends. Um, so my pricing is not based on camera. It's more based on staff needed. Are we doing a two-man, three-man, four-man shoot? Give you an example. We can do a one-man shoot that requires two people, right? If I got audio, I want an audio guy. I want somebody to monitor my audio because I don't, I, I'm engaged with the image. And usually with a two man shoot with, with, with the audio and camera or video and camera, it's really a three person shoot. Cause I got a director, which is me. I'm looking at the director's cam. I got a camera guy that's worried about exposure composition. I'm usually worried about lighting and I got an audio guy that's usually worried about audio. So Stanley asks, can I say the metadata thing again? Okay. So, um, Whenever you have to deliver files, if you shoot in a format that is not, um, that is internal and you can't, you don't have raws to deliver, you always change the metadata in the file before you deliver it. That metadata should reflect your company's name. For me, it's flash film, flash film media. Everything will be flash film media in the metadata. Um, I'm trying to find the app that I use to update metadata because it's the same app I use. It's called, it's an app called, it sounds weird. It's called iFlix. It's, this is a Mac version. I-F-L-I-C-K-S. And it is a app that allows you to update the metadata on a, a particular file. Um, and it's real important. I've used it for um, YouTube a lot just to put keywords um, in the, the metadata that I'm uploading to help it rank, but you can do that with, you can add the director, the name, all of that stuff. It's called iFlix and you can, you can drop a video file from your camera, update the metadata, export it out, name the video file, your company 001. That is the file you deliver. You keep the file that's coming right out of the computer, out of your camera, that's name. 001 CBXD9 dot whatever. Those are the ones you keep to prove that you owe that you uh that you own it. The app is called iFlix. Um that is I think they have it for Windows. In fact, uh I will post a link to it. They have it for both. No, I just see it for Mac. So what this file is for is technically for movies like if you have like if you're sending a file a movie to itunes um if you're sending a movie to itunes itunes require files to have metadata information filled out correctly this will allow you to attach that metadata now a client that's receiving this file probably won't look at it they probably will never know but if they ever present that file to 
a, a judge or whatever you're ever going in front of a jury with it and you have someone look at that that file your name and copyright information or or just your company name will be written all through that file so it's a way to protect yourself three different versions yep so um you know that's something you need to know about Thanks for the answer, Ty. Information. I had a client try to get raw files from me on some photos. I said, absolutely not. That is absolutely correct. Never, ever, ever, ever deliver raw files unless a client is willing to pay for them. Ty, what do I charge for raw files? I want you to take what you think you should pay. I want you to ball it up and I want you to throw it in the sky and say freeze and wherever it land on, Whatever you feel like that day, it's on you. It's on you. Keep in mind as to what they're looking for or keep in mind to as what do they plan on doing with the files. If they're going to be on the cover of Time magazine, you may want to charge 50000 You need to know, hey, what are you guys using it for? Okay. The license agreements to say that you can have that, you can have these raw files stipulates that you can use these raw files in this capacity. Anything other than that, you need to come back and talk to me. So that's a part of, uh, that's another thing. That's what guys, I guess I need to post that again. Um, and that's why contracts are so important. This license agreement stipulates that you can use these to market regionally or within the city or on your website or on your one billboard. But I don't want to see my pictures on the cover of the National Geographic because I didn't give you permission for that. And if you do, you're going to have to cut me a check. And what usually happens is when they when when someone creates something, let's say a blog post or advertisement, they'll either A, have a marketing company to say, hey, we want to use this to market in a bigger place, make sure everything's clear with the photographer, or they'll be contacted by a source that wants to rerun that ad and they have to cut you a check. I'll give you an example. I shot a um, car review um, for a company that, had the videos on their YouTube channel, their website. They had a talk show on CBS radio, but one of the car reviews, CBS wanted to pick up and show nationally, right? One of the car reviews that I shot. Okay. Even though they hired me to film it because my contract stipulated where they could use it, they had to cut me another check. And when they come back to negotiate, I have all of the power. I have all of the power. So that check will just come out of nowhere. It'll be on a Tuesday in February. You'll get a phone call like, yo, you shot this for us six months ago. We had an agreement to use it on a regional level, but, you know, the business is growing. We'd like to go national. We want to negotiate a licensing deal so that we can sell it on a national level. Would you be open to that? Sure. They're going to ask you, where do you start? What, what would something like this cost us? What did you guys have in mind? Give me more information about where it's going to be. You know, and you can start. There are calculators online to help you kind of get an idea of uh, like broadcast licensing calculators to help you determine um, what to charge based off the audience size it's going to be in front of. I'll give you an example um, where this is done. If you go to Audio Jungle and you go to buy music, right, royalty-free music, there's different pricing based on audience size. You'll notice that broadcast pricing is like $300. 
but for YouTube use, it's like 20. You know, like you can buy the original file where it's an exclusive and it's only yours, and that junk is like 20,000 or something. It's like 10,000. It's a whole different pricing structure than if you just bought it to use on YouTube. So those are things that you need to understand as you create content because people forget the value of content. You undervalue content. And there's an example that I love to use that make people get it. Every Christmas, you see the clay figure, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, every freaking Christmas on ABC. I don't care. Everybody's seen it. Everybody who has regular TV in the United States have seen this little clay figure of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer that's been digitally remastered 87 times in HD, 4K. It's going to be in 8K. I, whoever created that back in 1940-whatever, they're still getting a check for it. Somebody's grandkids is going to the mailbox every January with a fat check from ABC because they're playing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer six times during December. That's content that was created years ago that's still making money. That is the definition of residual income. If you're a content creator, you have the ability to create tons of residual income. You should be building your brand on that structure to not just get paid on one-hitter quitters, but to put yourself in position to have residual income without contracts. You're not doing that. You're just letting it go. It's he says, she said, period. You see your stuff on a billboard. You can't do nothing but scratch your head and be like, yeah, I'll shout that. Nah, bro. I need, I need that. I need that bread. Families of wizard of Oz. You're right. They're getting paid. Whoever owns the wizard of Oz getting paid. And if you think about it, that's why a lot of content creators, singers, movies are holiday themed because they start to reshow them during holidays. Scary movies are big because Halloween time, they're starting to get shown on TV again. You think the movie Halloween don't still make a whole lot of money every Halloween? You think the nightmare before Christmas is getting a double payday. It's getting paid. It's getting shown on Halloween and Christmas. So those are things that you have to think about as you create content for a business. There is some long-term money in the content that you create if you are in a position to capitalize on it. If your contract's is right and you have an understanding of how licensing work, that's why it's so important that you, you, you protect yourself um, with one knowledge and two contracts. It's so important that you do that. So just something to think about, um, you know, when it, when it comes to being in this industry that a lot of people don't take into consideration, you're shooting stuff for a dentist. He telling you, he using it on his website, you know, your cousin call you and say, I seen the video you did for the dentist on commercial. It came on a Comcast or time Warner while I was watching the game and you sitting there like, okay, you missed some money. Thousands. That's your money. You're not going to get it if you had nothing in place to limit where they can show the video. You're not going to get it. If you don't have a, a licensing agreement to say, to stipulate the terms and conditions um, in which they can use this content, they can use it however they want. If you're just handing off a file saying, peace, I made $500, and they go take that $500 video and they make $5 million, who's the dummy? This is what I want you to do. I want you to go to Craigslist. 
I want you to write up a really, really good article about all your gear content. I want you to take really good pictures. I want you to upload those pictures and hit the for sale button because you're not going to make it. Just want to be real with you. So make sure that you are aware of the legal side because content, content is king. Content is the new crack right now. It has longevity. It is the, it is a great source for residual income period. All right. Um, also with a good contract, when you're out doing these shoots, I say it all the time, you should have the ability to sell that B roll footage to stock footage sites. You can't do that if you don't have contracts. So even if you don't get a licensing agreement from them, if you got a ton of B roll of people walking in and out of a building, if you got ton of B, a ton of B roll of dentists working on a patient or just the tools, if you got a sliding shot of dental tools laying out on a tray, all of that footage can be sold to a stock footage site, which will in turn continue to make you residual income. You should be somewhere cool right now during COVID because you got six years of experience and six years of video on stock footage sites. Anybody tell me they've been shooting video for, I've been shooting video for five, six years. They have no stock footage, nowhere making residual income, have wasted five or six years. Because five or six years, after five or six years, you should be bringing, be bringing in three to $5,000 in residual income monthly from stock video or stock photo, at least $2,000, at least. I have friends that are doing 10 to 15, and all they do is stock photo, photos. They're sleeping in good. So if you have that experience and you're not doing something with all that extra footage, you're not going to a shoot with that in mind, you don't have the contracts in place so your client can sign it and not see it on some website and try to sue you about it, model releases and things like that, make sure you cover those bases and make that money. All right. Um, speaking of dentists, is that a good a goodness to join money wise? That's where I'm learning. I'm leaning towards. If you have a specific product for dentists, like onboarding videos or customer um, patient videos, kind of like kind of like uh, information videos. If you go in every dentist office, they got TVs everywhere that's playing something specialize in creating the content for those TVs. Um, so those are things that, uh, you know, being going after dentists is perfect. I, I think it's great. Dentists is they're everywhere. They're readily available. If you master one, you can master them all. If you create a product, you can sell it to every dentist office in your area. There's usually a lot of dentist office in your area. They have the budget for it. Um, they're in an industry that's changing enough where they can be consistent clients. They usually update content seasonally. They have social media presence that needs to be updated often. They're a great niche to be in. As long as you go a few layers deep, you don't just say I do dental videos, but you specialize in a particular type of dental video. Now, when you do that and you rock it, they're going to ask you to do everything else from group photography, headshots, drone footage. They're going to ask you for everything else and you can still offer that. But make sure you knock it out of the park with the one specialty that you have in mind. Um, I, you know, and uh, something that I like to use is Olive Garden specialized in Italian food, but they still got a whole list of other things for your kids or people who come to the party that don't want Italian food. They still got burgers and chicken tenders and all of that stuff, you know, for people who don't want Italian. They still do that well. So make sure that you 
when you do uh, go into that niche, um, you ha- you you go into it with something specific, and in the back in your back pocket, you offer more. Headshots is a big thing. If you do video for a company, especially dentists, they always they're always recycling dental dental assistants. They always want to keep websites up to date. They always want someone to manage their social media. They always want nice group shots. They always want um, great commercial photography of a dentist talking to one of their clients. They always want things like that, especially for their social media. So doing photography along with the video will help big in that industry. Um, The master course talks about how to find that niche and how to maximize that niche based off your skills and capabilities. So with that being said, I'm going to get ready to wrap. I want to make sure that you guys understand the importance of upselling a script to your client. Um, And depending on, you know, your client may have 10 videos. You're talking about five to a thousand dollars extra per video on script writing. And, you know, you want to make it clear to your client that, hey, we don't want to shoot this and you not like it because the wording isn't right. Let's get it done right the first time. So. You know, a script will help you know exactly what's going to be on the video. Plus, a lot of big clients want the ability to run it by legal. You don't want them having bullet points. And, you know, the CFO is talking on bullet points, just rambling. You get the video back and legal is like, we can't say this. We got to tweak that. We got it. And now they have to pay you to reshoot it. So it's an idea or a scenario that you can present to your client. Hey, you know, we had a client that wanted to bullet point it. We spent two days shooting it. They got back final video. Legal said, nah, we can't use it. We had to spend another two days reshooting it. However, I don't mind reshooting it, but that client just doubled their price. So in an effort not to double your price, let's create a script that we can get approved by everyone in your company. Then we can put some visuals to it. And that way I'll have an idea of what B-roll we need to capture beforehand. And we can go into this thing with a plan instead of eyeballing it. So it's something that you can present and it makes your business look way more professional. It makes you look more ready. Um, It makes you look like you got your stuff together. And those are things that clients love. They love when companies not only can provide the final product, but they can provide the right process. Right. It's about process. There's value in the process. If I if you went to a restaurant that was trash, it was it was dirty. The the people treated you like crap, but they had the best dish, you know, in your city. You wouldn't go there as much as you think you would. You wouldn't get treated like crap just to get a good steak. It's about the process. There's plenty of places you go to that have great process and the food ain't the best, right? The food is just not the best. Kids will go play on the Playscape just to eat nasty McDonald's seven days a week just so they can play and slide down the slide. I'm like, bro, really? Chicken nuggets again? Yeah, chicken nuggets. I want to go inside and play. Come on, bro. So... Trust me, it's about the process. So make sure you show value in the process in an effort to help you be reassuringly expensive. Remember, on this channel, the goal is to provide a cinematic solution to the problems of your client. So let's provide that cinematic solution. All right, guys. Um, if you have questions, post them in the comments. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you uh join the Facebook group. Our Facebook group have a lot of great people that are talking about um, information like this and more. 
Make sure you guys go over to the website, Flash Film Academy. We got some free courses and free information over there if you want to just learn more about it. And uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button. All right? I appreciate everybody for watching today. Make sure you get you guys stay safe. If it's your thing, wear the mask. If you're not, it's on you. Just don't cough on me. You know, you'll be good to go. Anyway, you guys have a great day, and I will see you Thursday for our gold members who have a gold live. Uh, we will be going thursday at 7 30 p.m and i will see you then make sure you guys definitely also listen to the podcast called content cast where you can hear this video and more hear the audio while you ride and doing your thing all right guys uh you guys stay safe and i will see you in the next video you've been listening to content and cash a flash film academy podcast Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and go to our webpage at www.flashfilmacademy.com.